You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Mid-June show. Got you early on the morning with my co-pilot, as always, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? I am doing very well, Damon Frank. How are you? You know what? I'm. Do- you know, for this early in the morning, I think I'm doing well. <laughs> I think I'm doing well. You know, I always think, Christina, that my life as an early riser would be better. I, I yes. do, right? And But then come around 536 in the morning, it doesn't sound like such a great idea. Doesn't feel good, huh? Yes, yes. I, I always giggle when you talk about how early you get up because for me, it's about an hour earlier. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I know. The power of motherhood. Motherhood will make you do amazing <laughs> things. If you ever wanted to be a superhero, just be a mom. That's what I no say. No kidding. No kidding. Got a you... lot on your plate. Yes, yes. Like many people, uh, you know, but yes, you do learn. And things take me a little bit longer than you, I think. There's a little more effort in getting ready. You know what? A little bit. I have to put on a shirt and make sure that my hair isn't going crazy, which, but I have to tell you, not so much anymore because, you know, as you kind of creep up there a little bit, you're not 30 anymore. It does take a little bit more to put on the show. If you know I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my you God. You guys are listening. You guys, you also, too, to let you know, they're like, what are you talking about? You're doing a podcast. But we're also live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. And we do a ton of other content, right? So Christina and I are, are shooting probably, you know, seven things or recording seven things of content a week. So we've mm-hmm. got, we're producing a lot of content. So we're on camera a lot. And it does take a little bit of time to get ready. And, you know, it leads me into my topic really in a weird way about <laughs> surrender. Well, Just surrendering be- that things aren't perfect, right? <laughs> Before we get started, though, I want to tell everybody, thank you. Please like, share, follow, leave us a comment on the podcast and join the Recovered Life community. Uh, You can find it at recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. Come be part of the family. We have so many cool things happening over there, and I'd sure like to see you. Oh, you know what, Christina? I just thought about this. It's mid-June. We're halfway through the month here. Right. And we've been fully into our new community on Volley here for over half a month, really, because we started yes. with a small beta test group of people. I, I am having so much fun there. I have to tell you, I do the daily drink every morning. Little thought. People comment back. I Very hear good. your volleys, the community volleys. I just love it. It is so cool. And I'm meeting so many, many, many people that I never would have met without technology. It's great. It is good. It is good. But you know what? As as great as technology is, us being in the post-COVID world here, kind of the post-COVID world, I think it just yeah. goes on and on like a bad song. Uh, this post-COVID world, the face-to-face is good. And that's why I like Volley because it's the combination of both for us, right? Yes. It is the face-to-face, but it's also passive. You don't have to be there in real time to participate. You can participate at midnight if you want, 3 a.m., whenever. And I just, I love it. So thank you to everybody who is on our volley community. We are so glad you're there and you're a huge part of our life. So Christina, I want to tell you about the topic. I picked up this topic today, I have to tell you. 
It is a big one. How do you know if you've surrendered? All right. Yes. I cannot wait to hear what you have to share with us. Damon, I've got some thoughts, but you go first. Well, you know what? I wanted to pick this out because I know in coaching, this is a big one for people that I work with that are just getting sober or anyone that I've worked with over the history of 12 steps or anything about getting sober. You know, you're going to hit the surrender topic at some yes. point, no yes. matter if you are in the 12 steps or if you're going through an intervention or if you just wake up one day and say, that's it. I'm not going to drink use drugs. I'm through with this addiction. I'm through with codependency. Right. The surrender topic is essential in early recovery. It's essential all through your recovery because right. I don't think it's exclusive, right? It's not exclusive to just early recovery. And it isn't exclusive to just recovery, but I'll tell you, I think that those of us who have been in recovery for a while or are just being introduced to this, this is one of the big ones. It's the key. And it's confusing, right? Because, you know, I was taught to fight. I was taught to move forward. You have to be successful. <clears throat> I was taught you don't let go of anything. You keep going. And so I understand why this topic is confusing to people. It doesn't make sense yeah. to win. You have to surrender. And I have to tell you, this is one of these things, Christina, that I also believe that I think that this might even be more of a challenge for men. I really? I really do. And yeah, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I think because culturally, one of the things that we don't give up, you know, I was taught very early on, cowboys don't surrender. Mm. So, you know, you know, put on your boots and, and ride like you don't. That's one thing you don't do is give up. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I had real mis misconceptions about what surrender was, about what surrender is in recovery. And I have to say, I'm just going to be upfront because I'm upfront with what I struggle with in my recovery Yes, because I think it's, I think it's one, it's true. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and the second part is it's real. And three, you don't help anyone by trying to be a guru. You know what I mean? No I'm definitely not that. Yes. I've been able to get, you know, several decades of recovery and to be able to live a life and help other people do it. But in coaching, I've found that it's really better to be real about what you've struggled with. Because I think when people look at you, Christina, or they look at me, or they look at any of the people that are on Recovered Life, there's so many people with long-term sobriety on Recovered Life, right. that they say, you know what? You didn't struggle with this, clearly. you know, yes. And that's just not true, right? So, so true. I, I still hear that. Um, you know, I'll share my story from a podium or a stage and people won't be able to actually put the two of us together. What? How could that be? And it is exactly right that I am not a guru. All right. I am not a guru. What actually makes me an effective coach is that I've been through these things and that they still struggle, that I still struggle with them. And there's a lot of strength in just showing up as you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I've had the opportunity of working with a lot of guys in their late 20s and uh -huh. early 30s. Right. And I will tell you that this this is probably the number one thing that, that, that men struggle with because culturally, like I said, culturally, I, I think if you see a man give up, it's considered mm -hmm. weak. Yes. Right? And I, and I believe women have that too, to a certain degree, but not as much, not no. as much. You're, you're a wimp. 
you know, what are you if you're going to give up? You know, it's like, you know, I've heard many people say it would be easier for me to just admit I'm an alcoholic and drink myself to death than it would be to admit that I'm an alcoholic and that I have to surrender to the fact that I go to recovery. And yeah. I totally relate to that. Really? Because I've, oh, huge. Christina, I fought this huge. I do, I do not. I grew up in an atmosphere where that's something you do not do is surrender under any circumstance. And you know what? And so here's what, and why I want to do the show is because I think a lot of people feel this. I know a lot of guys feel this and I know women do too. Like I'm not, I'm not saying it's exclusive to men by any stretch of imagination, but a lot of people feel this deep down inside, but they don't want to utter it because they don't want to be embarrassed. Right. Yes. And they don't want to tell people really what they feel. But I've noticed in a, being able to be an effective coach is over the years, Christina, what ends up coming out is one, I don't want to surrender. Two, if I surrender, I'm going to get killed. Right. right. Like emotionally, like it's over for me. Right. And three, even if I wanted to surrender, I don't know how. Right. I hear that so much. Absolutely. Well, what does that word even mean? You know, honestly, what does it mean? We're not surrendering, you know, it's the, it's the confusion between we're powerless, but we have power. Right. And, and I think it's so good that we have conversations about this because, you know, for me to surrender, for me to say I had pain, for me to, you know, say, I don't know what I'm doing was so not okay as I was being raised that I learned these survival techniques that made it impossible. You know, perfectionism yes. is born out of shame. All right. So portraying and cold, you know, curating this image that I'm sober and I know what I'm doing and my relationships go perfect. They've actually put, that would put me in a jail and make me unrelatable. Oh, yeah. Huge. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, I think one of the best things that I have discovered in my recovery is a dictionary because mm -hmm. I think I have the interpretation, <laughs> right? No, literally, yes. I think I have the interpretation of exactly what things are and what they're not. Yes. And I was going to put this up on screen because I think that this is so good. This is like the Webster's dictionary of what uh, surrender really means, which is to cease resistance to an enemy or an opponent and submit to their authority. Now, I'm just telling you, deep down inside, when people told me to surrender, it's like, oh, no. Uh -huh. fly the bird. Like, uh -huh. okay, I get it. I'm not going to be able to drink, but I'm going to fight this every bit of the way. And you yes. learned you can't fight it every bit of the way. Right. And so no, you, you get back into the surrender mode. And a lot of people think it's like, all right, I've now started to, I've now started to submit, you know, one of the things that I've learned that people wonder, like, am I surrendering? Yes. Right? So they're like going, a lot of people I work with, am I surrendering? And I'm saying, well, you know, if you have other options, you haven't really surrendered. And no this kidding. is what you and I talk about all the time. People that look up to celebrities, they look up to the ultra wealthy. They mm -hmm. look up to the high performance people that have a lot of resources. And they say it's so much easier for them to get sober. Not true. And Christina and I say not true, right? And why is mm -hmm. that, Christina? Well, because I think that as long as you think you have some good ideas left, 
<laughs> you're going to yeah. miss the miracle. You know, for me, when I conceded uh, uh, to being an alcoholic, it was a relief because I was so tired of trying to figure out why I couldn't drink like the next person. You know, it was it was a moral issue. So when I was told this is a disease, this is what happens when you consume one drink, I found out a lot of relief. Not so easy with my codependent patterns. Now, let me tell you, double digit recovery, I was still fighting for my right to be right. And what I love about the definition is that it says we submit to an authority. Well, I was my own authority, right? I was God in my own mind. And I know that might sound egotistical and maybe you're listening to it and saying, well, not me. If I was really honest with myself, I really thought that the way I saw things was 100% right. I Absolutely. Hadn't. You know, we don't understand <laughs> our role in it. And especially in early recovery, when we come in, we're still like confused, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had, see, I had the opposite experience. You, I was the last, I was the last one to get the message that I was an alcoholic. Like oh, literally goodness. the guy that parked the car in the office building knew I was an alcoholic before <laughs> I did. Like I, I I'm, I'm telling you, like I, I was shocked that, but deep wow. down inside, I knew deep down inside, yeah. I knew things were burning up all over the place. I knew it had something to do with alcohol. When I first stumbled, you know, into a 12 step program tip really honestly with no power of myself, I'd never heard of anyone ever getting sober ever. I mean, that's a, that's a God honest truth. I didn't know anyone who was sober. I didn't even know people got sober when I right. ended up there by a total miracle that had nothing to do with me. Right. I was a bit shocked that I was an alcoholic, that I would never be able to drink again. Now, thank God I never did drink again since I walked in in 93, right, to that to, to that 12 step group. Um, I, I'm very fortunate. I'm very like I had a lot of that grace. Is. It was an unearned gift. Right. Um, since then, I've had to earn that. I've earned it. Right. Like I've mm -hmm. done the deal. But I will tell you, surrender is such a huge part. And I went through a series of things that allowed me to surrender. And I'll tell you, many people confuse a difference, Christina, between a surrender and a parlay. Okay. Have I you, can't wait to hear this. That? I've now, not heard it outside of okay. Captain Jack. <laughs> inside of Captain Jack. And you know what? This is a really good, this is a really, pirates are really good. That's a really uh -huh. good analogy, actually, because that's similar to what's actually going on with us. You know, when we, t when we talk about cease resistance, right, we're submitting to their authority. We're not telling, we're, when we're just saying, okay, we admit we're powerless, right? And that our life is unmanageable, like if we're in a 12-step or we come in through therapy or anything, we realize we're an alcoholic deep yes. down inside and we can't drink like our like, like ourselves, or we're a codependent and we have these codependent patterns everywhere and our relationships are not healthy, right? Whatever yes. that big aha moment is, there's going to be this resistance against this. The full submission is really the key here. It's not having other options. And what people really do a lot of the times is what I hear. And you'll see this a lot. People will in early sobriety will come in. They'll be willing. They'll submit to uh, being powerless. They'll yes. submit to surrendering. They'll start to surrender. They'll take it back. And what they'll do is what they'll do is they'll cut a parlay. And a parlay is a bet. It's like, I will surrender if yes. I can keep the job keep the wife, keep the money, yes. keep the right. It's a, it's a bet. It's not 
submitting to anything. It's not laying down our arms. It's all lay down my arms and not do it my way if all these things happen. And that is not surrender. That's it a parlay, Christina Dennis. Now, let me ask you a question, Damon. Do you think that that's enough in the beginning, a parlay? Because I struggle with this this actual question. You know, people get into codependency recovery to save a relationship. And I think that's enough of an entry point for them to at least be willing. But if at one point they don't understand that the problem is not with their partner, that, that they have their own set of problems, they have their own recovery to go through, they won't stay. And it's unfortunate. And that's what it feels like to me, what you're saying. And I'm curious, do you think that it's okay to have a court card in the beginning, you know, but you have Absolutely. to make a change. You have to make Absolutely. a change. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I'm going to make a bold statement here. I do not believe, Christina, that people surrender and it's like a light switch. They've turned no. it. Now I've surrendered and they've turned it off surrendered is a, a volley back and forth of yes. taking it back, surrendering it, taking it back, surrendering it, getting to a place where there is less resistance because we know the definition is to cease resistance, right? So yes. many times it's this tug of war. I'm going to give it away. I can't do this. Well, I can do this. Let me take it back. Give it away. Take it back. So I think so many people, and I know I was, I was hard on myself and I said, you know what? I surrendered. And then all of a sudden I ended up with problems with unmanageability because I didn't surrender. And then I said, well, I thought I surrendered. Maybe I didn't do it right. Mm. I didn't do it right. It's just, I took it back and not to beat yourself up. It's surrendering for me. I think it with alcohol and drugs and codependency is a process. It's something you go through and you practice to cease your resistance against things. Oh, so good. What? Okay. I have another question. I want, I'd love to hear your point of view on this. What about those people that surrender everything <laughs> and they cease doing anything? Do you, have you met any of those kinds? Cause I certainly have. Well, I, it's not, I can't do it. It's not my job. That's not what I'm supposed to do. Right. Aren't I supposed yeah. to just surrender and let things happen? I'm curious about what you say to those people. Yeah. It's like, I got kicked out of my apartment because I didn't pay him the rent. Yes. Right. Do you have money? No, I just didn't write the check. Right. So it's, yeah, that's, you know, look, I mean, how many evictions have we seen in early recovery for people? Like I, you know, it's, it's the, it's, if there was an attorney in the room and there mm -hmm. often is, I know there's a lot of great people in 12 steps of attorneys that I know that have worked for free yes. for people that I know. And, and thank God for them. Right. I, attorneys don't usually get a lot of praise. But yes. look, there is a lot of, there is a lot of that. It's, it's taking it back, giving it away the whole relentless that you have no, that you don't have to do any work, I think is, is kind of a cop out. I think that's a way of not surrendering as well, right? Exactly. Because if you surrender to the fact that you are an alcoholic, but then you say, well, you know, okay, well then I'm just going to drink myself to death. No, I don't think that that's the realization no. really that, that, that everybody's looking for, right? The realization is is acceptance. Yes, I had it. And I, I think you were talking about something that was important about, do you have to surrender all at once? No. And mm -hmm. look, willingness is the precursor to change. And yes. we know giving up, surrendering, giving up your control and perceived control or 
your perception that you have control is really the launching pad for transformation, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a really, we know as coaches, it's kind of a, a little foxtrot yes. in order to you know, working your way to a place that's going to, that, that things are going to start to work for you. Well, it's, I often uh, compare recovery to like driving a clutch, right? You know, you can't put all gas, you can't put all clutch and you need, and I certainly needed people to tell me, no, in this area, you submit to authority and you do what you need to do. And in this area, you figure out who has something that you want and you do what they've done. I mean, there's a lot of things that I had to learn in the beginning because I really had a victim mentality, but I also had an ego and it was it was hard to understand you know what we are taught in recovery is that we don't grow emotionally that we're often the age and the spiritual maturity of at the time we started drinking alcoholically so some of these lessons are very very hard but surrendering is one of those universal lessons that has to happen in it for everyone on this planet and we have the luck I believe the grace and the, you know, beautiful blessing of learning that I had to surrender my alcohol. I had to surrender in this area of my life. And guess what? That spiritual principle works on all areas of my life. Oh, so good, Christina. You know what? After this quick break, I want to come back and you and I are going to give some ideas to people, some really practical things about how we surrendered in big things in our life and how they can too. So hold tight. We're going to get to that right after the break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Okay, Christina, we're going to dive right into this now. The real power tips here about how do you surrender? That's what yes. everybody's asking after listening to this uh, episode. How in the heck do you do this? Like if you're at a point where you're obstinate like Damon, right? And you're <laughs> like, look, if I surrender, it's all going to fall apart. If I admit I'm an alcoholic or a codependent, or if I admit that I need others. That was a big one for me, that mm -hmm. I need others to be able to have my best recovered life. And I just can't get there. H how did you do it, Christina? Well, you know, it started with these little tiny steps. I started to take direction in areas that didn't seem to matter. And it helped me practice what I would call psychological flexibility. It was this little idea of maybe what I'm thinking may not be the whole story, 
I wasn't ready to say I was wrong yet, but I was at least ready to make my bed, show up at a meeting, show up and do the work, raise my hand as a newcomer. It was that little tiny bit of willingness and then gaining evidence that this would work. Christina Dennis, that was so good. I wrote it down. That's how good <laughs> it was. I'm going to be using that in my own recovery. Listen, I think you're right there. For me, I think I was a little step above taking direction. I had to trust, mm. right? Like, because even before I could take direction from somebody, I had to trust somebody, you know, and I was very skeptical. I came from a background where you just don't do that. You don't right. just try, and especially strangers, right? Who are self-admitting sitting around in a circle laughing that they're an alcoholic. Didn't right. really seem like the best brain trust for me at the time. Little did I know, I knew nothing, they knew everything. But I'm going to tell you, for me, it was being able to say, okay, I'll take your, I trust you enough that I'll take your direction. And, you know, one of the things that somebody told me, is said, you know, Damon, you got to trust somebody sometime. You're going right. to have to make a move at some point and trust someone. Because if not, if you, st if you just stand still, you're going to, you're going to die. It's not, you're not going to make it. Wow, that's so that's such a, a drastic statement, but isn't it true? You know, if I continued to do what I was doing, which I love that definition of insanity, I was going to keep getting what I had gotten. And for me, that was pure isolation, humiliation, demoralization, all of those things. And so I was flat out of ideas at that point. I knew that I didn't want to feel that way anymore. And these people in front of me said, well, and it drove me crazy because, and it drives some of my clients crazy where I say, you know, they'll say, I've got to fix this relationship. I've, I've got to, how do I get him to quit drinking? Oh my God, he drank again. And it seems crazy, but you have to surrender to a higher power or some kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it, divine intellect, intellect, some being outside of yourself to have it because ultimately you don't have any power over that person. No, no, you don't. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why surrender, powerlessness and unmanageability is all linked in together, it's a lot of the times I feel it's the same feeling, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's a, it's also a feeling of being lost a lot. And I think one of the important things that I did when I decided that I was going to surrender was I started to kind of write things down a little bit, right? I had yes. good instruction and I started to write things down and I had to have some self-awareness. And this is where I believe my self-awareness started to actually blossom and to actually grow and actually create self-awareness, which is to be honest, is that I don't know the way, yes. right? And that not knowing is okay. Now, um, again, I didn't come from a place where not knowing was okay. And if you are a codependent, if you come from an alcoholic background, right? If you could, if you have parents that are alcoholics or you were raised by alcoholics or you have any of that in your history, you very well might have uh, that codependent gene that you talk so much about, Christina, which is the not knowing is not acceptable. Yes. Not, not knowing is not acceptable for us. Right. And I had to make it acceptable that not knowing was not only was it acceptable, but it was okay. It was okay and, and, if I didn't know. 
and preferred in many cases. That was what was yes. interesting about it. For the first time in my life, I was around people who wanted me to be new at something. They wanted me to be open. It was actually celebrated that I was confused or hurt. You know, I remember the feeling of of listening to somebody saying, "You don't need to lie to us. You don't need to to put on this act." When I would say, "I'm fine" or "Things are going great," you know, they would know things weren't going great. And I love that you bring up codependent because as I've said before, I've never met an addict or an alcoholic who doesn't have codependent relationships. And what we discover about codependency and what we've learned is that this is a trauma response. Codependencies aren't, codependents aren't born, they're made, you know, they, they're, they're taught. And so I understand when you're trying to orient, like you said, we feel lost. You're trying to orient with any kind of, you know, realm of this is what happened. This is my experience. This is what's going to happen. It takes a huge leap of faith. But after you do surrender once or twice and you have that positive reinforcement, it gives you a little more evidence to keep going. Absolutely. You know, and I think one of the things that you're talking about is evidence is is the outcome. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think this was a very big thing, which is to let go of the way that I believe it should work out mm -hmm. because it's very, very tough for me because my mind works very fast. And I know people that I coach and have worked with in recovery, their mind works very fast. We're very perceptive to social cues, right? Yes. So we will interpret that certain things are going down that aren't going down. They're mad at me. They're happy with me. Uh, mm -hmm. Things are going to work out like this. And what happens is I realized that, and with a lot of people I work with, they start to script out what's going to happen to them. And then they make it a reality when it yes. never was in anybody's consciousness, right? It just becomes a reality. And it's all through this predicting and forcing things to happen. I, I think when we were talking about earlier about taking action, Christina, I think action is essential. And most of my work is about action, right? Yes. But there are times where you've taken enough action. You have to let go and let it work out. And I had a, I had a guy tell me years ago, ride the horse in the direction it's going. If mm. you have done the work and certain things are starting to break, no, yes, understand what you want. Pick what you want. Be choosy about what you want. But if the horse is going in a certain direction and you can't fight it, maybe there's a reason it's going in that direction. I'm so glad you said that because I'll tell you one of the things that I constantly did was shortchange my future. You know, that I was so, I, you know, I came out of this really traumatic childhood and I really had low self-esteem and I didn't have a sense of self. And I picked things that were really small. And the more I learned how to surrender and see where it's going you know, and just wait for the players to come into to focus, for the plan to come out, the bigger things got that were intended for me. Absolutely. You know what? That is what it's that is what it's all about. You know, we're so busy trying to script what's actually going to happen that we miss the big miracles that are in front of us. You know, one of the big metaphysical shifts that I had in my own personal life in and out of recovery was, which for me, it's the same thing. Life is recovery, right? Yes. Uh, 12 steps or coaching or therapy. That's where you work things out, right? That's the practice. And then you go into life. That is your recovery. This is what it's all about your life, right? One of the things was, was to pause, which I hate doing, you know, I hate doing it, <laughs> hit the pause button and actually sit and look 
at the miracles that were happening. Look and to catch them and to start to say, wow, that's a person that has been popped into my life that I never met. I should meet that person. There right. were so many miracles that were popping up in my life. It was like, as they say in 12 step groups, it was God doing for me what I could not do for myself, but I had to be aware. I had to have the self-awareness to be able to say, Hey, guess what? This is, this is for me. But if I'm so in my thoughts about the way that I think it should be and yes. the way it's going to go, I can't surrender to re receive it. Yes, you could be in the wrong neighborhood, right? Because you were going Absolutely. about your own will. You were doing your own thing. And then guess what? There's something so much bigger over here waiting for you. It is, It is. that's the thing about having some time is that I have way more evidence to pull upon, to parent myself, to see this has always worked out. Now, is it pain-free? No, it isn't pain-free. Challenges happen no matter how long you've been sober. But I have way more evidence in the positive column than I do the negative. So I might as well surrender and and see where the where the horse leads me, <laughs> to use your metaphor. Exactly. You know what? And this is what we wish for everybody. We wish that everybody surrenders to the greater good, the greater good of you, right? And yes. in that in that moment of surrender, I guarantee you something bigger than you is going to come to you that's going to allow to allow you to go to the next level of your recovery, the next level of your life. Something will be figured out. And that yes. has always been the case for me that I needed to surrender, let go, relax, cease fighting cease fighting. Mm -hmm. And there are times that you need to fight in the world and there are times that you need to let go and you have to be the discerner of that. And that's, you know, that's what we've learned. I know that's where I've learned in my recovery, Christina, is that you have to be able to discern which is which. Yes. And there's help. There's help in that area. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, speaking of uh, help in that area, I wanted to plug before we're uh, through with this episode here, Recovered Life Discussions. Many people DM us and talk with us about, hey, Damon, Christina, how do we get on these Recovered Life Discussions? We want to be part of the conversation. We don't want to just listen to the Recovered Life Show. We want to be in the Recovered Life Show. It's easy, yes. guys. All you have to do is head over to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. Become a member. And there's an event section. And we let people know all the time via email and our personal private volley community, which you will get an invite to uh, when you become a member. It's totally free. It takes less than a minute to join. And we hope to see you over there. Any last thoughts, Christina Dennis, on surrendering? I know you're scared. I'm scared too, but you can do it. You can do it, guys. This has been a great episode of The Recovered Life Show. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. <clears throat> Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.